When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Jerry Hamilton, On3 National uh, Football Recruiting Analyst, as well as Inside Texas contributor. How you doing today, Jerry? Good, Bobby. I uh, just, uh, here, here we go. Junior days are starting. Day away. Yeah, a day, one day away, you know, but strangely, um, we're going to take uh, today uh, and not really focus much on junior days. We did the two uh, previews of that uh, earlier this week, one for offense and defense. Um, what I wanted to talk about to you with you today is is the portal and uh, where Texas is at. We talked we've talked about this subject so almost it feels like until we're blue in the face. But with each um, ebb and flow or each movement of the roller coaster up and down, it seems like there's something new to discuss because it is so new overall, right? I mean, uh, especially in this category, uh, I wrote an article. Uh, for Friday morning uh, about uh, Texas and obviously the big news coming out yesterday uh, that Isaiah Nayor, uh, the wide receiver originally from Arlington Lamar, uh, went to Wyoming. Only scholarship offer was Wyoming. Uh, he uh, finishes last year with 44 catches for 878 yards, 12 TDs passing, added another on the ground. He was their big play threat in the air. Um he uh, decided to commit and enroll at Texas after previously committing to Tennessee and also considering Ole Miss. Uh, I know you went up and saw Margin Hooks uh, earlier. Was it either earlier this week or last week? Last when, week. Last yeah, week. When, when, when Nayor first went on the market, really. Uh, you went up there to, to check him out. Uh, what, what was your impression from Margin during that? What does this commitment mean to Texas? Uh, just every, anything you want to add uh, to what is already known out there. Yeah, I think I think Nayor is a huge commitment uh, in signing for Texas. Uh, look, uh, first I'll get into uh, what Margin Hooks had to say, and second I'll get into why I believe it. Um, uh, Margin thinks, uh, you know, I don't want to put necessarily put words in his mouth, but I think he thinks this is a guy that has a chance to uh, be a draft pick. Uh, you know, he's 6'3", 6'3 210 pounds, absolutely can run vertically, yes. But I think what is – who has impressed margin and what margins working with him on is he has, he has really good hip flexibility. He can get in and out of cuts for a big kid. And I think that's the differentiator for these big receivers, right? I mean, you see a lot of these guys, Bobby, who are big receivers, they're really only vertical threats, right? When it comes time to sink your hips and get in and out of breaks and create separation, that's not really their strength. I believe margin working with this kid believes this kid can do that better than most big receivers. And Martin's not one to, to BS, you know, with the, the he, he'll tell you what he believes and what he sees. And he, he thinks the kid has a very high upside. Um, and I obviously think that's true. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Why I believe this is so big for Texas, though, is you now have two receivers that combined for, what, 1,900 yards last year. And I don't care if they were played at Wyoming or not. That 900 yards in the West Coast Conference – 
will transfer over to the Big 12 conference because you have better players around you, right? And, and what, if you average 20 yards a catch, you're a playmaker at any level. Um, I think that's huge because, you know, the thing that to me has really hurt Texas the last two seasons is Troy O'Meara has not been able to stay healthy. And that's a big difference maker receiver, different player than they are, but – you can now line up Nao or the opposite side of the field from Xavier Worthy, or you could use Xavier Worthy in the slot on the same side. It just gives you options. And the key now is if they hit on Brennan Thompson, you suddenly have three receivers that are playmakers. Uh, Brennan Thompson, you'll be able to use his speed on nickelbacks, right? And you can have Worthy and you can have uh, Nao out wide. It suddenly gives you a lot more options. It suddenly makes Quinn Ewers or – the quarterback a better player it makes Bijan Robinson a better player it makes your left tackle a better player is what it does so I think it was a huge signing for Texas um, and it's absolutely what they needed and I'll be and I'll be honest I know they went after Mario Williams Nayor is better for Texas Nayor is a better player than Mario Williams for me Mario Williams is a guy who I think is really good don't get me wrong but I'm not sure his as Mario gained weight, he's retained the same explosiveness. With Nayor, he's just going like this right now. Um, I think it, this was a better fit for Texas uh, with Nayor, and I think he's going to bring more to the table immediately to, te- to Texas. You know, you you mentioned injury to Omir, and don't forget about Jordan Whittington's injuries. Right, uh, right. You know, so that really handicapped Texas's offense a year ago when he went down. It, it, it felt like the glue left the building, right? You know, the right. pages of the book that were opening yeah. just got, you know, fell out. Uh, when hey, he- Bobby, and now you're playing with house money with a guy like Omir. If he does come back and he's 80% of what people thought he was, suddenly now you've got a, you've got a lot at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Um, did, did Margin have a comp for, for uh, Nayor? He's not really a comp guy. No, not necessarily. He just, he just looked you in the face and said, this guy can play, and here's why. <laughs> you know, so so if people are unfamiliar with Margin, Mar- Margin is a uh, wide receiver trainer out of the Metroplex area. Played high school ball at Waco High. Yep. Uh, signed with BYU. A friend of mine recruited him to BYU. A guy named Brian Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, Brian played it. It was also from Waco High and played DB. I think I think Brian's now at either. I think he's at North Carolina State as the defensive back coach. But long story short, long history there. Uh, as a receiver in, in training. An All-American, an All-American, right? And a guy yeah. that, yeah. you know, had a cup of coffee in the NFL. But what margin, for those people that don't, aren't familiar from why he's really good, in my opinion, is, you know, look, there's a lot of guys that are out there as trainers and instructors. Now, I, I think that I've come across about three, four guys in, in my years doing this where I said, these are legit another level guys. And margin hooks is one of those. Nathan O'Neill's a defensive line trainer. Uh, I think Kevin Murray's phenomenal with quarterbacks. I think a guy named Ken Mastroli's great with quarterbacks. Um, but what makes Margin so good is, you know, when you watch a workout, these kids never leave a workout. They don't take one thing with them. They get two or three things. And it's the way he communicates and the way he gets his point across. Um, he just has a – one, yes, he is great at it from a technical perspective – and really teaches the kids, um, and he works with those kids through video as well, breaking down their games for them, breaking down their routes. But So he's a complete guy. He's not a guy that's just out there making money off of kids and families. This is a, this, These kids are getting a hell of a lot better with him, um, and I think that's important to note. 
uh, for Texas fans, the part of the importance here is that Margin was an early teammate of Steve Sarkeesian when right. Sarkeesian was Sarkeesian was an upperclassman. I think he was a senior mm -hmm. uh, when Margin was a freshman at BYU. So they played together and have that familiarity. Additionally, uh, Margin is uh, uh, seems to be friendly with uh, Brennan Marion, the new wide receivers coach at Texas. So Isaiah Nayor uh, becomes the fourth portal pickup for the Longhorns uh, in this class uh, of portal to join Quinn Ewers, uh, Ryan Watts, and uh, uh, Jaleel Billingsley, the tight end from Alabama. Obviously, a quarterback, a wide receiver, a tight end, Jerry. The offense is being addressed. Now there's only one defensive player at this point, um, but they are recruiting Latavius Brini, the safety out of Georgia, uh, O'Shawn Mathis, at the defensive end out of TCU. It looks like Jalen Moody, the linebacker from Alabama, is putting his name or yeah. taking his name out of the portal and uh, going back to Alabama. Um, so they've, they've done some good on offense. What are your takes on, on what they've done on offense thus far through the portal? Well, look, I mean, I really believe the next two years of Texas football are going to come down to how well Quinn Ewers plays on the field or the quarterback position in general. But I think I'll take Quinn to win the job. Uh, I think that's going to be, I mean, massive and how, where this thing goes uh, at, at Texas under Sarkeesian. I just I don't think there's any way around that. I'm not trying to be negative or positive. We'll see what the kid does. Um, it, it's up to him to get it done on the field. Um, I, I think Naor is huge for Quinn Ewers and for those possibilities. You know, I'm a little more skeptical on Billingsley. I think he's a very talented guy, uh, obviously. Uh, he's a guy that should play in the NFL one day in some capacity. Um, but, um, you know, look, I, I, I want to see it a little bit more from him. I know – I think I know what you're going to get from Naor. I kind of like what I, I know about him. Um, and uh, with Billingsley, look, I mean, Nick Saban gave him every opportunity to be the guy. And he didn't end up being the guy. So he's still got a lot to prove to me um, because Nick Saban knew he was his most talented guy, but he didn't end up being his guy. And so Billingsley's got some some, something to prove to me there. But I do think from an athletic standpoint, it's an upgrade, obviously, from what Texas has been playing with. But it's going to have to be consistent for it to be a real difference for Texas, I believe. Um, yeah. you know. I, I, I wonder so much, and, and I don't disagree with you uh, having skepticism. I think that that's healthy amount of that is always good, right? Yeah. Um, the, the issue I have is, was he not a good fit for Bill O'Brien's offense vis-a-vis uh, -vis that of, of Steve Sarkeesian's? And I think that may be where O'Brien liked to play a lot, guys a lot more in line. Uh, and so Latu is, is clear the, the guy that, that eventually won that job at Alabama, uh, clearly a better inline blocker than, than Billingsley too. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, and, uh, I think that gives Billingsley a chance here, but I, I also kind of remain the same as that <laughs> Nick Saban generally doesn't let the great players walk out of his program. <laughs> the, no, the guys that are doing all the right things and, and keeping him happy. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, so let, the defensive side is, is different, though. Uh, we talked about that. So O'Shawn Mathis, uh, I feel like, can be what I use the term bell oh, yeah. or yeah. you know, He could be the difference maker. He could be the, the edge guy that Texas so desperately needs. The, they just got no sacks last year, effectively. Uh, and he, uh, while he was not a sack master last year, the year before he was, I think he had nine sacks when he was a sophomore um, and four last year. Um, 
Uh, both would have led the team at Texas in both years, by the way. Uh, I, I think that he could be a key recruit, but you're oh, still yeah. looking at safety. You're still looking at linebacker. Um, you know, is there is there concern there that they're not connecting on defense yet? Um, or are they actually connecting and we're just not counting Mathis as a commit yet? I mean, well, yeah, yeah. I think uh, let's assume that Mathis follows Gary Patterson to Texas. Okay. He's, he's that, that, that's a big assumption to be clear. Yeah. We're not, we're not typically making that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's assume that happens while we're talking about this, because there's a, since he's not a, a January enrollee, there's a long time and a lot can happen. Um, but he's instantly the best edge player in the program. I mean, he's a huge – he's right there with Nayor for me. I mean, after Quinn, right? He's right there as far as a guy that he helps you get another win next year. So, I think you add a win with Nayor. You could add a win with Mathis. Suddenly, you've added a couple of wins there as far as, you know, just guys that are better than anybody else you have in the program and can make an impact and – uh, can help you if it's that fourth quarter sack on third and 17 and you close out a game. Well, he helped you get the win. Uh, he's the difference in a win. And, and I think he's that level player. And I think obviously he's a guy that has NFL prospects. Um, I think a linebacker is kind of my concern. Uh, you know, Breeny, we'll see what happens with him. That would be a huge addition, obviously, just to have the experience at safety and a guy who's uh, not just experienced, but a really good player. Um, I think linebackers, you know, some something I'm looking at with Texas, I, they need to add um, a really good player at linebacker, and that appears to be kind of where they've missed out thus far. But I will say this with the portal. We talked about this last time we had the conversation, Bobby, is there's going to be more kids jumping in the spring. So you, there has to be a level of patience. You, you don't just take a player. But they do need to address that position. And, and, you know, we all we use this term run stopper or not. We use the term off ball linebacker. They need a run stopper. Yeah. They need somebody that from tackle to tackle actually can stick their nose in, diagnose and get the job done. Right now, I, I mean, Luke Brockemeyer was just a, nine times. A lot of times he, he tried his heart out, but day late and dollar short. Um, Overshone is not that physical. Um, between the tackles, just not who he is because of his, his uh, size. Yes, hey, Bobby, Bobby, you'll you'll love this. So I was at Maid Creek yesterday to see Tayshawn Wilson and a couple of young basketball kids over there. And Rashad Bobino is the D coordinator at Maidy Creek now. And I'm going to have this interview with him on Inside Texas either today or tomorrow. And we talked about pretty 6'3", 220-pound long-arm linebackers that run fast 40s that have zero instincts. For the position. Yep. And this is to your point, what you're talking about. I asked Bobino, would you be signed by Texas today? In today's recruiting landscape, now being a coach that sees recruiting, he said, absolutely not, no chance. And while Bobino wasn't an all-American player, an NFL linebacker, he is what you're talking about. He had instincts, he had toughness, he was rugged. He would step in and take on blockers, and he made plays without making tackles. Yeah. And and it's interesting that he says, no, Texas wouldn't have taken me today. And he said, we got to get out of – and he's talking in recruiting in general, looking for this beautiful 6'3", 220-pound guy with no instincts. He said, because Nick Saban and George are getting the guy 6'3", 220s with instincts. 
He said, so just thinking you're going to get some 6'3", 220 guy that can run and looks pretty, you're going to make him a linebacker. He said, it's not happening. It's the instinctive, rugged position. And I think he's right. Or or, or safety like Tyler Owens. Right. Yep. I mean, it, it just it, – it doesn't it, – it comes down to something very, very primal, um, yep. and that's the ability to see football on defenses is a very, very valuable thing. Um, David McWilliams, the former Texas coach, once used the term seeing the game with your eyes. Oh, yeah. He really, he really appreciated – I talked to him about recruiting a long time ago while I was in school there, and he mentioned to me that he, he felt like – um, the eyes uh, of a defensive player were probably the most underrated aspect uh, in recruiting, like what I see and what they can do. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, Bobby, that's 100% true. Herm Edwards at the Under Armour game, I, I was associated with that for so many years. He would tell these kids, if you can't play with your eyes, you can't play for me. Period. When he was the coach of the Under Armour game. He would say that to every defensive back. If you can't play with your eyes, you can't play for me in this game. Yeah. I, I, let's let's go forward because I don't want to bemoan that fact. I just I, I do want to say I, I think they're having some issues on defense. I don't know the depth at which yet, and and if we're getting a true sense of it because we don't know the reality of Mathis at this point. Breeny is still available. Let's 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 table that because right. I, I think I think that's not fair to necessarily judge one way or the other. The third thing that, that I, I brought up today, and this is really where I wanted to get into your, your take. This is the, I, Steve Sarkeesian and his staff did it during football season, during regular recruiting season with the high school kids in, in December. He waited, he didn't overextend offers. And I say this on the precipice of junior day occurring tomorrow, where they're, they're apparently gonna have as many as a hundred kids there. Um, at what level, Jerry, do you think this strategy uh, of him holding and waiting for the guys that he actually wants and not dropping down to that next level actually pays dividends? Is it something that's sustainable? Is it something um, that is luck? Or is it a process that he's actually working through and is working for him. That, that's my, I, I think there's many questions that you can take off of that. And is there an overriding feeling you have on it? Is it uh, a mix? Well, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think first of all, um, and this is not anything negative is it, it, if you win on the field, it's going to look like great strategy. If you don't, it's not. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be real. Well, because, but that, and that's my point. They went five and seven, and it worked. Right, right. Now, it, it, I I think you know you got they caught some good breaks there at the end of this class too with the coaching carousel, right? And you have to have them. So you had to have them when you're coming off a five and seven season. So he, here's to to me is is what it's going to boil down to is um, I like the strategy. Uh, I, I really do. I think it's the correct strategy. Um, and now they just they got to win games on the field. 
uh, for it to maintain, I believe. Uh, because if, if, you, if, if you don't ascend to eight wins this year, you may not have that same luxury at the end of the class that you had this year. I, I like the strategy and where it's headed. Now they have to do their part on the field. Um, but let's also say this. This is one thing that's going to be interesting for me in 2023 is I don't believe in state. It's And I think it's a good. It's always a good year in Texas. So I don't want any kids, parents that watch this to say I'm not I'm saying it's not a good year in state because it always is a good year in the states of Texas and Florida in high school football and prospects. It always is. 2022 was a special class in Texas. You're going to have six, seven, five-star kids in that class. Um, 2021 was amazing in a lot of positions. I think 2023 is a little bit of a fall-off from that. So my, the point is, if you're going to have if – that, if that's your strategy, it may be more out of state in some instances in this class than it was in, in the last class. Uh, when it's great years in state, I think it affords you some luxuries. When it's a little bit of a down year in state compared to two great years in a row, your strategy is, is may have to move outside the state lines a little bit more if that's what you're going to do, because those other kids are going to commit to other places, right? Um, so I think that's – but I like the strategy on the surface. Um, I, I do. I think that's the only way you're going to descend to where – I want to say where the coaching staff wants to go, where the Texas fans, where everybody wants Texas to go, is by getting the best players. Look, if people don't believe that, you know, the, the, the highest-ranked recruiting classes, on average, the last five years have been Alabama and Georgia. They go after the best players. Yeah, and, and, they, and, and they don't the national championship. And they both have advantages in their home state that are distinct in power areas of the country so the southeast clearly provides the the not the majority but a large the largest percentage of any region of the country to to i mean and bobby let's talk about this i mean to that strategy lincoln riley's gonna have the same strategy in california there's a reason usc has been down the best players cave on thibodeau goes to oregon he's about to be a top five draft pick that guy's worth two wins a year at usc so, yeah, you got to get the best players. And I, I think that is the strategy is correct. It's now about executing that strategy on the field, not just in recruiting. You got to become a cool school again. You have to become yeah. a cool school in recruiting. That's very important with these kids nowadays. And you got to win to do that. That's right. You have to win. Win or a, a person has to win a big trophy. That's right. Um, it happened with, with Ricky Williams. Uh, 100%. Right out of the gate uh, for yeah. Mac. And uh, that really helped him. Uh, you know, I think that I guess my next question as we discuss this for you is you mentioned out of state and my brain immediately went to to shard choice offering a couple of running backs in in uh, Florida, in addition to Ruben Owens. Right. Um, Brennan Marion, the receivers coach, uh, offering a couple guys out of uh, out of uh, the northeastern area of the country, Pennsylvania. Uh, that those were interesting early offers for Texas that wouldn't perhaps have had have happened without those two prior relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Flood obviously came from Alabama. He's got some prior relationships. Bo Davis has recruited. Uh, he recruited four defensive linemen from four different states. So right. he knows how to do that. Um, you know, I wonder um, if, if that's not part of the game this year, right? To your point, like 
And, and at what level do you drop down out of state versus in state? That that's a that's an interesting question for me because I don't know that I have a, a there's not an easy answer there. Like like what is the next level that you drop down to? Is it is it is it uh, I, I don't know. It's just something else to to consider. What, what are you where are you at right now on the junior day as it comes in right now and and how many offers and or commitments that Texas might might get out of it? I could see two or three uh, commits come out of it because I think there's going to be some offers extended, I think, especially at the edge position. I, it's obvious that they're bringing in a lot of guys on the edge, and I don't think that's a position. You're not going to bring in that many guys and not try to get a kid or two in the boat or extend a new offer or two. Uh, so that one's pretty just experience doing this. That's pretty obvious uh, where that's headed. I mean, you know, look, Oklahoma offered Colton Vasek yesterday. There's now some added pressure on Texas to try to get that kid in the boat. Now, whatever you, wherever you think about him, whatever level of prospect he is, um, Oklahoma was the first offer. Oklahoma offered the Brockermeyers before Texas. That just shouldn't happen if you're going to take a kid. And, and I'm not saying Vosick's the level of Brockermeyers. He's not as a prospect. But I'm saying with the Texas uh, legacy kids that are good enough players, when Oklahoma starts offering them before you do, that adds a little pressure. Yeah, I, I just wonder if they haven't been holding out this entire time for this particular day. You know, yeah. I think that I think they so. probably made that. Decision. I think that's what's happening. I think they probably know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that they. It's different than the Brocker Myers, which is just a messed up recruitment by Tom Herman. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. I think this is more of a okay. Right. You showed it. Now let's let's yeah. figure out when this needs to happen, as opposed to, you know the center not getting an offer, but the tackle getting one. And maybe yeah. you talk to the center about playing, being a preferred walk-on. Meanwhile, I – Kurt uh, Ferentz offered him on the drive home. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the best you know, O-line evaluator in college football. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. I don't think there's necessarily – I guess my my take on this, on this discussion, Jerry, is, you know, you get the whole idea that he's going to continue to not drop down. Right. And, and to continue staying this course is it's it's to be to be determined. Yep. And and, 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 and now he's done it twice, though. Right. And so it can be do it once and you're lucky. Do it a couple times. Right. And all of a sudden it's a it's a thing. Right? right. And so you're saying that, yeah, I mean, it's on the right trajectory, but it ain't there yet. He's got to do it uh, for a little while longer for you to think that, hey, this is the way it's going to be. Yeah, and I think though, I think the again, I I like the uh, where they're headed with it. Um, I think the winning on the field is going to be so important for them this year. Uh, you know, I think when a coach comes in, sometimes they get that first hiccup. You know, uh, and because recruiting kind of went their way at the end, uh, they signed the top five class. So when you do that, that kind of gets you past the on the field hiccup. Now you don't get another hiccup on the field though. That's not the way this works. Um, so the strategy I like, but now they have to do their part on the field because I can guarantee you don't get two hiccups. Right. These coaches don't have that big window anymore. And especially not when some others are ascending around you. It just doesn't work that way. So the wins have to come on the field. And I think they know that. I mean, I'm, we're not saying anything they don't know. I mean, if they thought they had all the pieces, they wouldn't have gone and got Quinn Ewers and Nayor and all those guys. So they know. They know they have to win now. They, they could have taken other high school kids, right, and developed them. But that's not the way this game goes anymore. All right. Uh, 
just a, a, a programming note for everybody. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Saturday is junior day. Inside Texas will be there. Uh, there should be a ton of prospects, a ton of news coming yeah. off of that. Well, let's address that real quick. So there'll be over 100 kids on campus, right? I, that doesn't mean we, what we've been talking about. We shouldn't expect a lot of offers out of this. I think this is part of an evaluation process. I think this is a lot of this is the new coaches on staff making good relationships, solid relationships with high school coaches. You know, you're bringing in four kids from one high school. Texas isn't offering all of those kids. But you know what? That can help those kids' recruitment get jump-started just by being invited and being at the junior day. So just for the fans, just take all that in and understand what this is all about. It's part of the evaluation process. It's, part of, part of, it's also part of doing good uh, as the University of Texas coaches for high school coaches in the state of Texas. Gotcha. And that's big. So, so from a programming note, though, we will have extensive coverage of that uh, tomorrow. Um, Jerry and I will probably be talking about it on here on Sunday. Uh, if not, with I'll, I'll be talking with Eric Nalin or or Justin Wells or Hudson Standish, who are going to be there. Um, so we will definitely uh, keep you guys up to date. Uh, thanks for listening to this uh, extended edition. Uh, hope you enjoyed the discussion with uh, Jerry Hamilton on three national recruiting analyst as well as Inside Texas, and myself, Bobby Burton. Uh, that's been this edition of On Texas Football. Thanks.